0: Heavenly Father, on this first day of the new year, would you open our hearts to your word and your word to our hearts, that our spirits may be freed to sing your praise and we may follow in your footsteps through the coming days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. This is Thomas Hardy's The Darkling Thrush, which he wrote for the 31st of December 1900. I leant upon a coppice gate when frost was spectre-grey, and winter's dregs made desolate the weakening eye of day. The tangled bind-stems scored the sky like strings of broken lyres, and all mankind that haunted nigh had sought their household fires. The land's sharp features seemed to be the century's corpse outlent, his crypt, the cloudy canopy, the wind, his death lament. The ancient pulse of germ and birth was shrunken hard and dry and every spirit upon earth seemed fervourless as I. At once a voice arose among the bleak twigs overhead in a full-hearted evensong of joy illimited. An aged thrush, frail, gaunt, and small, in blast-beruffled plume, had chosen thus to fling his soul upon the growing gloom. So little cause for carolings of such ecstatic sound was written on terrestrial things afar or nigh around, that I could think there trembled through his happy goodnight air some blessed hope whereof he knew, and I was unaware. our gospel reading this morning, the final verse of the reading was this. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given him by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Today, as I mentioned earlier, is the circumcision of Christ. Why are we celebrating circumcision of a little Jewish boy 2,000 years ago? There have been hundreds of millions of little boys circumcised throughout history. Jews, of course, all of them. Why are we celebrating this one. It all has to do with the story of creation. There's something about that number, the eighth day, and that's what gives the secret away. The whole of the Bible can be summed up as a story of God wanting to share the joy of his love with creation. He creates the world in six days. It's a poetic story. The six days are comprised of two sets of three. In the first three days he creates the environment. On the first day is space. On the second day is the sky and the sea. And on the third day is Earth. So the environment is created in the first three days. On the second three days those three environments are then populated. So on the fourth day we have the Sun and the Moon and the stars created and put into space. On the fifth day the sky and the sea are populated with the birds And the fishes and then on the sixth day the land is populated with trees plants animals and us the six days of creation and then the crowning glory is the seventh the day of rest the day where all creation begins to live in harmony in God's peace, the day of God's rest, the day of joy, the day of life. And on this seventh day, that's where the story of Eden happens. And we have this story, don't we, of Adam and Eve in the garden, the temptation by the snake. And the fall, the taking of that fruit. And it's the story of every man isn't it really, the story of all of us, that we somehow seem to mar everything that's given to us in one way or another, as individuals, as communities, as a species, as humankind. And yet God longs for his joy and his love to be with us. Of course, we had to be created to choose. We had to be created to love. And in that is the seed of the ability to not love. To take instead of to give. And so the fall happens, and we mar ourselves with sin, and darkness, and what to do about it? How to rescue us then from ourselves? How to restore this joy that overflows from God's being to bring us back into his presence? Well, that's part of what the promise is to Abraham, the choice of Abraham in the deserts and in the wilderness, with this blessing of God's abundance, to come and to share God's blessing with the rest of the world. And as part of that promise comes this covenant with Abraham, as he is then named Abraham. And in that covenant, God says, I shall promise you to give you joy and the whole earth in return seek to live in love. And the sign and the seal of that promise was circumcision. One could, on one face of it, Describe it as the mutilation of the genitals, couldn't you? And yet, it's a symbol of the seed that goes on to produce life being set aside for God. And it happens specifically on the eighth day of life. Why? Because it's the new day after the seventh. There's the seven days of creation, the six where God makes the earth and the world, the seventh day of rest on which we fall, but the eighth day is the day of the new beginning. And so the covenant is the promise of this new life that's offered to all. Later on, when Moses comes and leads the people of Israel, The law is given. The law is given on Mount Sinai and circumcision is part of that law, becomes a symbol of that law. But the point is that the law itself circumscribes life. But like all laws, laws don't have the ability to give life, do they? Laws can only take life. They can't give it. Justice is about dealing out punishment, about restitution perhaps, about trying to set things right, but it can't ever give life. That's the problem with the law. So when we come to this story of Jesus, We come to this gift of God, his own Son, born under this law, this curse, where we are not able to redeem ourselves. And he takes the curse of the law into himself and dies. And if you remember, he dies on the sixth day, the Friday. Good Friday. It's the sixth day of the week. It's the day that we are made in the story of Genesis. Mankind, the animals, all made on the sixth day. But it's on the sixth day that this Son of Man, God's Son, dies. And on the Sabbath rest, the day of rest, he spends it in the tomb of the earth, dead. And then, on the eighth day, the first day of the new week, he rises again. That's why we celebrate church on Sunday, not on Saturday. Because it's the eighth day. It's the first day of new creation. And that's the gift that God gives us. It's the redemption from ourselves, with the gift of the Spirit, to enable us to break free from our prison of darkness. Free to live. Free to share in God's joy. Free to be the people that we've been created to be. Of course, we still fall. We still muck things up every day. And so every day becomes an eighth day for us. Every morning is a new beginning. Every day is a new year. Each day God's Spirit comes and gives us the promise and the freedom to live. That's the gift of the resurrection. That's the gift of God's own Son. That's why we're here, just a few of us, with all the hosts of heaven invisible among us. Let the organ thunder sings the carol, and the air be rent asunder. Brothers and sisters, let us join our songs with those of the invisible hosts around us and live each day as the eighth day of God's promise for new life, Amen.